normal, recharged. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. welcome hi everybody we're missing dan but apparently it's like homecoming weekend for mizzou or something like that there was some sort of football related excuse as to why he wasn't here so i guess we'll give him that because i know if mel was dealing with texas that i might have to put up with that too so we'll put up with that from dan for this week how, how have you guys been doing? I was gone due to some unfortunate circumstances, and um, while I was gone, there was a lot of stuff that happened. We had a whole lot of TV season uh, shows return. There was some Star Wars news. The Punisher trailer came out. Mel, how have things been mm-hmm. going for you in the wonderful world of geekdom? <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of exciting things happening like you were talking about the Star Wars trailer uh, we've got some big movies coming out there's uh, Thor Ragnarok Justice League TV wise Stranger Things is coming back there's some really great new shows there's been a lot going on in geek world so I've been excited Mo what about you like Mel, there's just been this avalanche of geek news, and I feel like I'm just marinating in all this great geekness from stuff that was announced at the New York Comic Con that has me really excited. What were you most excited about out of uh, New York Comic Con? For on DC, it's Doomsday Clock. It's a upcoming comic series written by Jeff Johns, who works on the Berlantiverse television shows. It's going to, essentially going to be the the DC Universe heroes, Superman, and so forth, battling or coming into contact with Watchmen characters. Okay. And it's it starts in it starts right before Thanksgiving. Really looking forward to that. Um, in addition, I was also very excited about Milestone Comics. For those of you who rem- may remember Static Shock, they're getting their own line of comics uh, coming back in 2018. Have you been reading Metal? I have been reading Dark Knight's Metal. I've been really enjoying that comic. It's very insane. It's If you're just steeped in DC Comics history and lore, it's very, very exciting. And I find that it's interesting they're pulling in a lot of Vertigo characters such as Neil Gaiman's Sandman. So it, it's it's really interesting with, with how, how much that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo can, can uh, pull in in terms of stuff from the DC Universe and um, the Vertigo Universe. I have a friend who I've been talking um, comics with, and he has been reading metal and loving it. I'm not the type of person who I just want to have my comics that I subscribe to. And if uh, arc interacts with that line, then I'll read it. But I don't tend to do special event stuff, so I'm like, mm. he, he keeps showing me the art, and the art looks amazing. Though Damian Wayne ends up looking like a 12-year-old to a 17-year-old, depending on where he's at. But mm-hmm. um, it's been very interesting to see some of that stuff. But let's talk a little bit about television. Mel, mm-hmm. Riverdale is back. 
Mark Consuelos, good old Mateo from All My is Children is on. And he is talk about thirsty. Uh, what what are you thinking of the first two episodes of Riverdale this season with the murder mysteries, Betty? I'm loving Darth Betty and her going after Cheryl Blossom. I'm I'm enjoying it. But before we get to my thoughts on it, what are yours? Um, like you said, I'm really enjoying it. You know, they ended on a really high note last season with Archie's father getting shot and they picked up right after that, which is what I really like when shows do that. I don't like when they, you know, you come back and you're kind of a little bit ahead and then we have to go back and find out what happens. That annoys me. So it was nice that they picked up right where we left off. We didn't, wasn't sure if he was going to make it or not. And then Archie was trying to find out what was going on. His friends rallied around him. I thought all of that was really great and, you know, kind of realistic. Um, The whole Cheryl Blossom thing. She burned down the mansion and her mama's all burned up. That was just good, good drama. The, the, uh, the Blossoms are looking very gothic this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Showing their true colors. Mm. How about that? Um, I liked as well that, like you said, there's this cold murder mystery of because we don't exactly know who was the person that's behind, what are they calling the angel of death or whatever they're calling it, the main villain this season that's going around shooting everybody. They're giving us just enough to where I'm still curious about it and I haven't gotten annoyed with it yet. Um, I love the introduction of Mark Consuelos as Hiram Lodge. Ugh. That is just some soapy, soapy drama because Veronica is not here for him. Her mom is trying to stick next to him. They know he's all dirty. And now he owns Pop's Diner. Oh, my God. It's good. Ugh, that is going to be great. Um, Betty as well. She's more tolerable as uh, as you call her, Darth Betty. I think um, I loved her telling... Cheryl Blossom, how the cow ate the cabbage because she was like, I'm going to release the footage of uh, your daddy shooting Jason if you don't do what I want to do. I'm like, okay, it's about time, ma'am, that you step up because you was all boring last season. So I definitely like more of that. There's also the drama going on with uh, Jughead and his father who I really cannot get his character out of scream in my head. So every time I see him, I'm like, you was shooting, you was stabbing people and scream, but that's not the point. You know, his father could possibly go away to prison, but you know, they got that stay. So we'll see how that goes. But there's also all of that with the serpents and, you know, Jughead doesn't really understand how deep and how real this gang is. And he's getting help from them. And it's like, it's not free, my friend. It's not free. So, you know, all that is going to come back for him. But I've I've really enjoyed the first two episodes. Mo um, Riverdale had OK ratings the first season. But over the summer, pe- people just binged it on Netflix. And when it came back... For the CW, it had impressive gains. Or season two versus season one premiere ratings were up significantly. I believe Deadline reported that um, in the teen demos, it had the best numbers since the Vampire Diaries circa October 2012. If you think about the fact that the Vampire Diaries was like the biggest show on that network for many years, that's something very notable. And they're just off to a great start. Now, granted, Dynasty isn't doing as well, but Riverdale, for pure soapy goodness, people are hooked. What are you thinking of these first two episodes? 
I think first and foremost, Mark Consuelos is Hiram Lodge. He is he is he clearly learned from old old boy Adam David Chandler. Canary. David yes, Canary. From David Canary the Bastard. He is channeling oh. David Canary. <laughs> yes, I mean the the hand giveth and the other hand taketh. I mean with oh Lord the the lodges. You just you better watch out in that family because. I cannot wait for Hiram and Veronica to butt heads once she learns that Hi- Hiram did put pressure on her mother and that he owns Pops and that he, you know, it, it's clearly going to be some shady stuff going on at Pops now. I love the fact that Riverdale is really dealing with PTSD. Those first two episodes, it was very emotional watching Archie just struggle after, you know, after he got his father to the hospital and just throughout the whole episode, it's just, you could just, you visually can see how much it impacts him, what he was going through, wondering whether or not his father was going to die. And in the second episode, just how, you know, how scared he is just to be at home, you know, with just him and his father and just trying to do whatever he needs to do in order to protect his family. Now, my one question is, is where was his mother in the second episode? Because I thought she just left real quick. She just was gone. Um, obviously, that relation, their marriage ended for a reason. Very true. I mean, I w- hopefully that'll that'll kind of inform things going forward. But, you know, it just personally, if my child is I would assume that if my child was struggling with that, I would be sticking around. But but we'll we'll. We'll see. I mean, there's only so many characters that you can have per episode. But I think Mel said it best about the things involving uh, Betty, uh, or she liked to call her Darth Betty, you know. Um, wait till she starts, like, force uh, using the force on Cheryl. <laughs> Cheryl and... Um, she, well, she did with manipulating her on the in the courtroom and to, like, basically clear Jughead's dad. I'm really interested. Like you said, Jughead is, I think, within the next two weeks or next two episodes, Jughead is going to learn that he is, he has gotten in bed with some serpents and the serpents, it's going to be, the rent notice is going to come due. And I don't think the boy's going to have the payment. And it'll be interesting to see what, what they ask him to do as payment for their services. Is it wrong that after watching Mark Consuelos come in as Hiram Lodge that I really want Kelly Ripa to show up as like a long lost um, X with a secret child. I was like, I could so see Kelly Ripa as a, having a cameo on Riverdale as like an X with a half sibling for Veronica. That's just me and my all my children like I dream was about fantasies. To say, somebody's but, living out their fantasies on Riverdale. Yes, well, but I but it would be really I would really love it. Well, I think what, what we don't know anything about Kevin Keller's mother. I mean, in theory, she could show up as Kevin Keller's mother. There are enough open care there there are enough parents missing from some of these kids you know we haven't seen jughead's mother so if they wanted to i think that they could bring her kelly rip and if she was game and it would i think it would be like a fun little, little nod. cameo yes yeah. i agree she would fit in well with the older ladies yes she would oh, I think uh, she can would. you Absolutely. imagine her <laughs> versus betty's mom mm-hmm. oh Two blondes going at it i mean yeah. i and Kelly Kelly could throw down with a cat fight, a soap cat fight. So if like she were to make a cameo as someone who was Betty's rival, or Bet- the the rival for Betty's mom back in high school, other than um, 
uh, I was going to call him RJ, Archie's mother. That would be good. That would be really good. Make it happen. Make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm loving the season. I love that it's dark. I love that the blossoms are going more gothic. They were already pretty gothic, but I still don't know. And maybe I'm wrong, but did I miss finding out what happened to the grandmother in the wheelchair? Mm, I don't remember. No, I don't. They haven't mentioned the grandmother. I, See, we haven't seen her yet. The place burns down, and the granny in the wheelchair isn't mentioned. Like, what? What happened to her? Um, Jughead, for me, is one of those characters. His dialogue can be a little bit anvily sometimes. Like when he was talking about eating burgers this last week. Um, I was like, okay, but I get that's part of your character from the comics, so we'll go along with it. But sometimes his dialogue's a little bit anvily. Um, other than that, I'm just thoroughly enjoying this second season. I hope it continues to do well. Just out of curiosity, it's not in our wheelhouse, so we're not going to go into it. But did either of you watch the show that follows it, Dynasty? Yes. Nope. Would you? Well, Mo did. Thumbs yes, up I, or I, thumbs down, Mo. So like I, I said, we won't go into it. Just thumbs up or thumbs just, down. I'm kind of in between. I'm I'm itching to watch the thumbs up. We'll okay. see about the third episode. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Melody, the Flash is back, <gasps> and he came back a lot faster than I expected him to come back. And <laughs> I mean, I was expecting at least the last minutes of the final ep, uh, the first episode, or somewhere in the middle of the second episode. But halfway through the season premiere, he's back. So I definitely agree with that. I thought it was going to be like a couple of episodes. Honestly, I thought he wouldn't come back to episode maybe three or four or something like that. And then, like you said, halfway through the episode, here he comes. But he was all weird and everything. And like at first, my roommate and I, we were like, that's not him. That is not even the real Barry right now. We didn't believe it. But apparently it is. So... Um, I did like that, you know, Cisco and Caitlin and all them, they got a little bit more shine in these episodes. I thought that was good. I'm West Allen trash. So I was here for all of them. I just love them so much. Love seeing Joe. Um, now the villain, what, what is the official name for the villain of this one? Because honestly, I was like, why is Shredder? from Ninja Turtles <laughs> on the Flash because I'm confused. <laughs> so um, I thought that was interesting. Come to find out he's a robot. Then there's this other guy who's in the chair. He's all connected to everything and that's supposed to be the one that's running everything. And I was like, okay. So That was one uh, of those ones where I'm like, I can't wait to discuss that character with Mo because Mo will know who it is and I'm not I familiar enough he, with that character. But I was like, I don't know enough about this to make judgment. I just know they had Shredder 2017 running around talking about he was going to do everything. So I was like, okay, well, all right, interesting. I've only seen the first episode. I haven't seen the second one. Uh, I'm going to catch up at some point. But, I mean, it, it was an okay, you know, season premiere for me. Mo, what are you thinking of the first uh, episodes of The Flash? I'm glad that the reset happened a lot quicker than it it could have been. Um, I was concerned that they were going to draw out Barry being trapped in the Speed Force for a couple episodes. And to be honest, I think as much distance as we can get from the previous season, the better. <laughs> the, the, Mel, I was like with you. What was I was trying to figure out what was up with Shredder. I I I was 
while the show was on, I was just trying to rack my brain, trying to figure out what DC character is this supposed to be? I mean, it was, I, I just couldn't figure it out. And I don't think, I think he was a home, that ninja samurai shredder dude was just some new character. But I really love that they're borrowing one of the big themes of the flash is the connection between the um, Barry, Barry and uh, Iris, that, that, that connection and that she can bring him back, which is something that they had introduced in the comics that they'd actually had introduced with Wally and his partner in the comics. And that they've kind of used that with Barry and Iris in the comics. And I really think that that, that relationship is the core of the show and, and, and everything else dovetails around that. Um, I like the fact that Team Flash more or less can operate fairly well with that without Barry. And it, and I think at this point in the show, these characters, Cisco, Wally, Caitlin, we need to flesh them out and make them more able to stand on their own a little bit more. It looks like the villain for this season is called the Thinker. Yes. Um, what are, are you familiar with the character at all? I my he isn't he's definitely like an old school flash villain the one they're using is is more or less the, what they call the original one devoe um who i know jeff johns really like yes. more or less brought that character back to prominence during his run on the flash the in the early 2000s but more or less i mean he it's more or less he is like this disem, in the comics he's more like a disembodied individual who who can control machinery? He has telekinesis and all this, all and all these other powers, and it's related to technology. Um, but I think I, I think going back and reading like Je- Justice Society of America comics that Jeff Johns wrote, and his Flash run will probably may give some insight into what this character is is capable of, of doing. I have not read the the New Fifty Two stuff involving Devoe. I'm more familiar with the pre, um, pre New Fifty Two version of the character than I am with the contemporary version of the character. What are you guys thinking of Caitlyn's struggle with her powers? I personally think it's a classic. This is this is more or less like a classic Jean Grey Phoenix um, situation where she's trying to keep her powers from controlling her and I, I think well it's more or less the inverse because we've already gotten Caitlyn as Killer Frost on a rampage now she's more or less trying to control it keep it in check I think it's 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 interesting because you kind of have one of those characters like Spike for instance when he was on Buffy that that sometimes you know you kind of don't quite sure which side they're going to end up on so I can see you know halfway through the season we're going to get maybe potentially a, like a dark Caitlyn storyline and I kind of want to know what she was doing working at that club. And see, that's what owner. I'm wondering. Like, who? Yep. What is the club? Why is this person basically sort of monitoring her? Because obviously he's a henchman. So who is the big bad that's keeping like that has something on her? Obviously, and that is that is probably more and more most intriguing aspect of the season so far because. I'll be honest, Barry coming back so fast disappointed me a little. Also disappointing me is the fact that the Iris and Barry stuff, while I like them as a couple, she very rarely gets to have any real independence outside of him. And so in the episode when they're going to um, counseling and she's like, it's not you, it's me, or it's us, I really wish that 
over the seasons, Iris's identity as an individual wasn't always so wrapped up in who Barry is. And while I get that there's an element of two partners in love and life doing things together, I totally get that aspect. We saw, we've seen it over the seasons where she's been rescued a lot of times. And it would just be, I was hoping, it's sort of like a Sharon Newman thing on YNR, where I'm like, I just like her to be independent sometime. Not necessarily from the relationship, but her having an independent story that doesn't somehow involve her boss getting killed by a villain who's related to the Flash, who he might then have to, she might then have to be saved from by her boyfriend. It, for me, that's the case, but maybe I'm just out there. Mel, what are your thoughts on their relationship? I, I mean, you know, I have a soft spot because I really do. I love that couple so much, but I can agree with you when you say I wish she had a more independent story of him because she deserves it. Uh, the actress is fantastic, so I know she can throw down. So I wouldn't mind seeing them, you know, develop a story that was a little bit more catered to her rather than her and Barry. Mo, before we move on from The Flash, where in the world is Harry Wells? I, I don't know. It's like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Or mm. or in this case, it could be worlds, <laughs> plural, because given that they, they travel between different universes, he could be on a different Earth. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're going to just touch on the other shows real quick. For me, um, Supergirl feels a little bit off. I tweeted about this um and it, there's something about the season, and I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it it when I was talking with someone on Twitter, they suggested the word scattered. And when they suggested it was like, oh, yeah, that's what this show feels like this season. I don't know why. Um, I like that Lena is in charge of CatCo, but I don't like that Cat is basically now completely sidelined other than video cameos. Obviously, we're supposed to see her later on, but I don't like that Cat Grant lost her company. That really annoys me, but I like that Lena is now interacting with more. But as a whole, the, the, the first couple episodes just seem scattered, and there's something off about this season. I don't know what it is. Arrow. Arrow this season with the introduction well not introduction but the full-time introduction shall we say of his son in every episode uh, there's a reason why children don't always work on television shows and i realize that it's a different arc for um oliver and i realized and i understand that because of his son he's going to be taking a step back and it looks like diggle is going to be like assuming the arrow costume but I'm just sort of like, okay, there aren't as many flashbacks in Arrow this season, but we're, um, we're still getting Island flashbacks, except for instead of it being five years ago, it was from last season. So I'm like, come on, we can get rid of the flashbacks. You've done them enough. We've the, Everybody's in the present. How much more can have happened on the island? By episode three or four, there should be no more Island flashbacks from May. Legends. Legends is awesome, even with Space Goat back. Um, the humor is there. The like the fights, the comedy, everything is just clicking. I would have never thought when it started out as badly as it did three seasons ago, or is it four already? Three? No, it's three because Flash is in four, so this makes it three. The first season wasn't great. The second season vastly improved. And now Legends, I think it's my favorite of the Flash, Arrow, Supergirl 
um, and Legends 4. I, I'm really enjoying it. Everything is just clicking, and I love that it's becoming very episodic because they're having to fix the anomalies, and th th we have um, them basically under the watch of Space Goat and his crew. Mo, what are you thinking of those seasons, of the, those shows? Well, I'll start with Supergirl. I I kind of agree about the fact that Supergirl is feels a little bit scattered. I think part of that is is again, we're dealing with the fallout of Monel. And let's be honest, for a lot of viewers, at least that are those I interact with, and you know, Monel left a bad taste in their mouth. Not necessarily because of the actor, but because they felt like that character was eating the show. It was it was it was the Supergirl Monel hour. Now I think Hopefully we we are now she's kind of processed the loss of money. We can move beyond that. I do agree that that cat losing her company is a bit of a problem because we were we were promised a little bit more Calista Flockhart this season. I was hoping more for more than just her as the press secretary for uh, President Wonder Woman. Now I think part of the issue with is inform is that we know as an audience that Mag something's going to happen with with Maggie and Alex because the actress who plays Maggie is leaving. So they're kind of, for me, it feels like there's a bad taste. That kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I know we're building up to something that we're not going to like after they spent season two building up those, that relationship and those characters. I'm glad we haven't seen guardian yet. I, James's guardian just runs hot or cold. I am intrigued by the woman who will become possibly the big bad, who I, they, I believe they've called her Rain. Um, and I'm interested in that character and, and, and seeing how, how that plays out. Arrow. Um, I, you know, I, I actually disagree with you on those island flashback scenes, Luke. I think that they were needed. I'm kind of glad that we didn't pick up right with the island exploding at the end of season season five and that we move forward a few months into the future and we kind of reset things. Let's face it, we knew William's mother was a red shirt. She was she was gonna be be dead. That was no surprise there. I am kind of surprised about the number of people who who made it off the island. But you know, given if you followed the news and stuff, you kind of knew who was getting off the island. I I do now I I agree with you about William being kind of this ball and chain that may hinder Oliver, but you got to enjoy the fact that Williams Nandy is Dr. Obrecht from General I, Hospital. I know. Right. Mm. I, and I was asking about that. I was like, well, Dr. O is the nanny for Oliver and his son. Cause, and you had to remind me that she was in like the, the pilot or something as yeah. his governess or nanny or whatever. And I'm like, well, that explains a lot. Oliver's um, nanny is Dr. O, and now his son's nanny is going to be Dr. O. Oh, boy. Well, what, what, see, but, th but this could be a strength, because what you could do is you could have a GH arrow crossover in which um, the nanny, uh, Dr. O, gets Franco to oh, no. the child process. <laughs> you process you lost dealer. me at Franco. You lost me at Franco. <laughs> but... You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see. Hopefully, Oliver learns out about Diggle's injuries sooner rather than later. But the one thing I do 
have to, I hope they address when it comes to Diggle taking on the mantle of the Green Arrow is, well, Diggle is a parent as well. So, you know, how's his wife going to feel about him Diggle becoming like the front man now? So we'll, we'll see. Um, and the Flash, you know, I'm more or less my my feelings about it. I, I think it, it's gotten off to a solid start. We'll see what happens. I am hopefully that gets. I feel like the first the first two episodes the villains weren't that great, and that was kind of my main issue with the Flash. Hopefully the villains will be stronger going forward. I do. If you can tell, I feel like they've injected a little bit more comedy. The oh, balance definitely. Out that dark has helped. Mm-hmm. It's I much just, more like season one than it than it was in two and three. Yeah. So so hopefully you know we don't. But the the trick is finding that right balance. And hopefully that we don't have to worry about they don't go too it doesn't become like a big running joke every every moment of the show. Now Legends, uh, Legends is continuing to build upon the strengths of season two. It very much feels like Doctor Who at this point. Doctor Who mixed with yes. the old Doctor Who spinoff Torchwood, and, and and of course it's it's ironic that you have Rip Hunter who was on Doctor Who. The actor who was Rip, uh, who was played on Doctor Who as Rip Hunter, you know, kind of more or less getting it to this point. I think, w- with regard to Legends, he's uh, basically a Time Lord now. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 basically the Time Lord, and these guys are the, a team of doctors. Yeah. Yeah. So so it it really does. And I think the other thing that Legends reminds me of there was this old comic series called uh, the Justice League International during the 1980s, which did this really good mix of drama and comedy. And they were a team of buffoons most of the time. And it had people like Batman and Martian Manhunter on it. But it 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 really feels like this is what they're going for, this nice mix of comedy and drama and this team who just, they bungle things up, but they ultimately do the right thing. It's just that they create like 50 other problems before they solve them. So here's my question then. Ava from the Time Bureau keeps showing up and the episode like in the second episode where her and Sarah fight it out and then are like take they're both worn out because they're so evenly matched and then they have a drink and then they end up um, having to deal with a saber tooth. I like that. I like the idea that we have the Time Bureau popping in and causing them problems and then they had the other guy who was spying on them that the legends caught and I sort of want a Time Bureau agent to be forced onto them, onto the team as part of it, because it provides such good comedy because they're so straight-laced. We know that we're going to be losing Victor Garber. Dan has speculated about what might happen with Nate and um, Vixen. And so my thought would be if we're going, if we lose one or other in characters that either permanently or to recurring then there would be an opening for some, for some comedy from the Time Bureau to come in by having an agent who's just assigned to them. But so far, I'm sort of liking how Ava is sending agents to spy on them, and then Ava comes in to try and cleans, clean up the mess of the incompetent Time Bureau person. I'm sort of enjoying that dynamic. But here's my question. if With Victor Garber leaving, what does that mean for Firestorm? I mean, how is he ever going to fly... There were there have been other people who were part of the Firestorm Matrix in the comics. Correct. So for and they've introduced one of them already. 
in the episode from the first season in which they were in Russia and there was the woman who was experimenting who had captured them and was trying to create her own firestorm. So there was a gentleman in there who, who in the comics was part of the firestorm matrix. Uh, There's also another character called Firehawk. She's a female who can also possibly be introduced to take over the Martin to take the place of Martin Stein. So there's some options there. It just kind of depends on what avenue they want to go. And there have been some times in which, you know, uh, there's only been one firestorm. So they could go in that direction well, that's as what, well. That's what we got on um, The Flash, right? Uh, no, there was. they were always combined, even if, like, Ronnie and, Ronnie and Professor... Stein can't exist as, as two separate entities. They're both unstable. So what they did was when they killed off Ronnie, when the actor left the the show, The Flash, that's why they brought in Jax to kind of, in order to stabilize um, the Firestorm Matrix. So essentially they're going to do the same thing. They'll just have to swap, swap out another character to keep the Firestorm Matrix the same. And you can honestly kind of treat this like Doctor Who, where you every once in a while you get a regeneration. Okay. So the firestorm will just regenerate, and there'll be a new firestorm com- containing it. The firestorm matrix will be comprised of two new people. Mel, The Walking Dead returns tonight. We're recording this on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? I am cautiously excited because I know with everything that happened last season, they're going to be reintroducing Negan. He's going to be a major part of this season because the the Hilltop gang and our trusty survivors are going against him and the saviors. So I am cautiously optimistic because the last time Negan took over the show, it was garbage. So I'm like, okay. Maybe it'll be better this time. We have more people. I I hope it will be better. I'm definitely going to check it out tonight um, and see how it goes. But I'm not all the way gung-ho, gay, walking dead yet. So Okay. Um, um, next week, we're going to be recording our top five new shows of the season episode. We've already discussed. So we're going to sort of save the discussion of all of our new shows for the, um, that episode. But we've already discussed Star Trek Discovery before on the podcast, so I don't have a problem if you tell me how it's doing. I'm waiting for a couple more episodes to come out so I can subscribe and binge those, but I'm going to be gone in two weeks, so um, I'm figuring when I get back from that, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to subscribe to CBS All Access, and I'll have six to eight episodes that I can binge. But in the meantime... I've been reading good reviews and hearing very positive things on podcasts and um and in interviews and things. What are your thoughts on it? It's a really good show. I think I kind of want them to speed up the plot a, a little tiny bit when it comes to getting the crew of the Discovery together because we're on. They've had there have been five episodes of Star Trek Discovery so far as, as the time that we've recorded this episode and we're still getting crew members. I mean, but, but granted you wouldn't know that if you're not reading, uh, if you're not reading online websites and so forth, you wouldn't even realize that it's still more or less gathering people. I really like the interactions between Michael and the other crew members 
of the discovery we're st- she's still trying to find her place it's it's this it's just re- after the first two episodes there's more or less a reset of the show and i don't want to spoil too much for you luke because you haven't watched it yet i am but, okay with spoilers this is a okay. spoiler filled podcast and for me t- since i tend to like be reading entertainment news a lot all the times a lot of times i've heard about it so i don't care if you discuss spoilers with me spoilers do not um, ruin my enjoyment of a show we more or less don't get you know we don't even get to the discovery until the third episode of the show now during that we're introduced to the captain of the discovery who is draco malfoy's father uh, played by jason isaacs The, the character is called uh Gabriel Lorca. He's a really interesting character. He's much more Machiavellian than a lot of the previous captains that we've gotten on the various Star Trek shows. Personally, I think he's the type of person he'll he'll push you under the under the bus if it mean if it's a if it's an end to the means. The the crew because they brought over some some um, some of the characters from the Shinzu like uh, Saru who was the, um, I believe he was a science officer on the Saru, but he's like the lieutenant commander on the Discovery. And he just button heads with Michael from Jump. My, uh, Michael has this very interesting introverted uh, character who is her roommate named Tilly. You will, when you, when you see the character, she kind of reminds you of one of, like some sort of resident from, from Grey's Anatomy, just how quirky she is. There's this nice sort of bouncing about dynamic between the two of them. We don't get a whole lot of Klingons in subsequent episodes after the first two, um, which I think is good because we want to kind of build up the discovery. But overall, I think it continues to be a very good show. I think it's a, it's a, it works to me. It's a nice counterpoint to what we're getting on the Oval. If you're thinking with the Oval, it's it's 90 Star Trek. This is a Star Trek for the the 2010s. It's more serialized, and it's and it's a very it's a dark show, but there are some moments of levity in it as well. Okay, Mel. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things <gasps> 2 is premiering on October 27th. What are you looking forward to most? Uh, can the answer be everything? Because I really am. Like, I love the dynamic of this show. And our kids, the main four characters, they're, are, they're getting older. So I want to see how it's going to affect everything. Because now they're going to be raging teenagers with all these hormones. So, And they're still, you know, the Demogorgon out there and the upside down. And it's trying to come for Will. So we have to sort through all of that. Eleven's um, going to return. I might have watched a little spoiler clip about how she comes back, and I'm real excited about that. Um, Winona Ryder, if she keeps giving me performances like she did last season, we will be just fine. Um, so I'm excited to see where this season takes us. I cannot wait for this show. We've been waiting for so long for it to come back. I know they're going to give me everything I need. Um, the the guys that do it, I think they're brothers, um, they have written out a whole story Bible. And usually when I hear things like that, I get real excited because it means you've planned your story out. So I'm excited about this one. So have you watched it? Oh, yeah. Um, I saw the remake. Uh, how, 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 was, how was Finn? 
from Stranger Things in it because I've heard great reviews, and so I was just wondering how he like what your thoughts on him in in it were. So one of my favorite movies is actually the original it, the miniseries. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I watch that one all the time for whatever reason. It doesn't scare me, so I was excited to see the remake. I was a little uh, cautious about it because with that movie, you're not gonna out do Tim Curry. You're not going to out Tim Curry. Tim Curry It's not going to happen. So I was really excited to see when I watched the movie that the clown Pennywise, they didn't do that. You know, they weren't trying to be like Tim Curry. So I was like, okay, this is good. We, we can go with this. Um, in this movie, we just have, uh, it's just the Miss children of, about how, you know, the Pennywise is coming after them. If he's on children, the town, the whole thing. And so we just get to that part of it. Um, the kid, from Stranger Things, uh, he did a great job. He's a great little actor. Uh, I really liked his portrayal. Of, I think he was Richie. So um, he was really great. I actually enjoyed the remake of it. Um, it was kind of its own little take on what happened with you know Pennywise and it and all of that. So I was really, I was really excited about that one. It was good. Mo, well, what are you looking forward to most with Stranger Things? Mel just summed it up. I mean, I'm just I'm just ready to be back immersed into the world of Stranger Things. I wonder though if if Eleven's hair is good. It, it'll be interesting to see how how people react to Eleven's hair this go around because you know we know that hair can make or break a show. Hello, so Felicity. Inter- <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking about. Mm. So. But but I'm I'm glad that they have nine and the and the reason why I I'm glad they have an additional episode. But sometimes I find with Netflix shows I think they get too many episodes. Yes, the the Marvel shows specifically should not have more than nine. Yeah, I, I think so. So we know from the from the first season, you know, they kept things fairly tight and moving. Hopefully, it'll it'll be the same in the second season as well. But I think nine or 10 would have been a, a good number of episodes. And I, I personally, I would have been fine with eight if they were a tad bit eight again, if they were a tad bit longer, because I thought some of the episodes from the f- first season, they were, some of them were fairly lo- a little longer than 45 minutes, but then there were a, co- a few in the middle that were, I felt were really shorter, maybe like 35 minutes or something like that if, if memory memory serves so i'm i'm really looking forward to this and um and uh yeah can't wait for it to come back we finally have a premiere date for the punisher it's coming out on november 17th there was a new trailer that was released mo we saw the punisher in daredevil we've had um a previous trailer for it what did you think now that we're seeing more of his story well, I think that it, what's interesting is based on the trailer, they're they're digging a lot deeper than what we've been getting before, and in, in which it was just his parent, his 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 family was killed, um, in like this sort of sting operation and so forth. And now we're based on my re, my reaction to the trailer is that we're we're it's going to be some sort of bigger conspiracy that than that. Now we're kind of getting on some sort of Jason Bourne esque kind of ride with this show i'm curious to see where it goes my feelings on the punisher as a character are very mixed 
because I don't I've never considered him obviously a hero, at best an anti-hero or a villain. So I'm I'm going to watch it because I try to watch all the Marvel Netflix shows. I am I'm interested in seeing I know that they're going to introduce some characters like Microchip and some other old school Punisher characters. So I'm I'm curious to see the interpretations of that. Hopefully we will um have something that's more than just shoot him up, shoot him up. Which seems sort of weird for a character that's pretty much at least known by mainstream audiences as shoot him up, shoot him up. Um, Mel, what are your thoughts on the trailer? Uh, kind of along the same lines of Mo. I didn't expect them to kind of go a little bit deeper into Punisher's story, but you know, I, I think if they're going to do that, there has to be some purpose for it. So I kind of, that interests me a little bit. I definitely agree that the Punisher is more anti-hero than anything. I mean, with a name like the Punisher, what do you expect? So, um... I am going to check it out at least the first few episodes and see how it goes. And I really like the actor as well that's going to play the Punisher. So John Bernthal? Yes, he was great on Walking Dead. So uh, you got my attention just from that. I agree. He is a fantastic actor. I do have concerns about it being a shoot 'em up But maybe my biggest concern is the fact that Karen Page is listed for all 13 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> while I love the actress on True Blood um, in Daredevil in the Daredevil Marvel cinema, uh, TV universe, for whatever reason, I prefer her in smaller doses. So I'm hoping that there is a, not a lot of screen time in all 13 of those episodes, but we shall see. Another trailer that came out while I was gone was Star for Star Wars. Mo. How much are you looking forward to the movie after seeing this trailer and all the little details it provided us? You know, I was I was I'm per, quite frankly thirsty for Star Wars. I was thirsty before I saw this trailer. I'm definitely thirsty for the movie now. Though, though I'm not I'm not necessarily don't need the pogs, but the porgs or whatever the little furry little new creatures are that are going to replace the Ewoks. They're Hopefully great for a meme though, aren't they? They're <laughs> great for a meme. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they don't eat the film and that they don't turn out to be the new Jar Jar. Cause we do not need that at all. In terms of the story, it feels like they're borrowing heavily for the empire strikes back. At least in, in my opinion, to kind of how they're setting up things and, and whether or not Ray, is going to turn to the dark side of the force and the little teases and and I'm really curious to see how things play out with um, General Leia since we uh, since the unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher that they've got to address that in this film. I I can't wait. I'm I'm really if I don't go open tonight, I'm def I'm certainly going the next day. Mel, what were you? What did you think? Oh my God, this trailer was everything okay so first of all we have to talk about ray getting her training from luke and the fact that she is so powerful the ground started quaking everything is floating and luke skywalker is shook do y'all hear me he was shook by this girl's power this is the last jedi he is like uh, -uh nope this is too much you gotta go get your stuff bye go leave so i'm excited to see that Ugh, that was probably my favorite thing from the trailer 
Kylo Ren, you know, we always see him with this big, dramatic, over-dramatic, the, the good is pu- pulling me, the light side is pulling me, but I'm so dark, but I'm going to try and be in dark. So I, I definitely... Typical want- emo. Yes, he can't help himself. But, you know, you see him trying to get Ray more and more, trying to come over to the dark side. So I know they're just messing with us in that trailer that it's probably not going to happen the way it looks like it's going to happen. But you know there's going to be some kind of interaction there, and I definitely want to see it. Um, I definitely agree with Mo that they have to do something special for Carrie Fisher, for General Leia Organa. Um, I think I read that she had filmed enough where they were done with her character, but they had set it up to where, you know, she was supposed to have a an, bigger role. I think in the, the following movie. film too. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I think they had to go back and fix a couple of things because of what happened, unfortunately, but I hope they send her off. Well, the way that she deserves to be sent off. But, um, I'm, I'm excited to see where this one goes. All I know is that this trailer was so good that my father texted me. He was like, Oh my God, did you see the trailer? So, I um I'm excited for this one. I can't wait. I'll definitely be in there like swimwear whenever it comes out. Well, as someone who has heard Luke, I am your father for as long as I can remember. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not as much of a Star Wars fan. I enjoy Star Trek more, but the trail the trailer looks really good, and I can't wait to see it. Um, before we wrap up, it was announced that Shazam is going to get its um big screen premiere in April of 2019 as someone who was sort of introduced to Shazam through young justice. I'm really intrigued about this and I can't wait to see more Mo. What would you look for in a Shazam film? First and foremost, uh, for me, it's gotta be the relationship between Billy Batson and his sister, Mary Batson. You can kind of do like almost like a Harry Potter esque type story with them because they're orphans and everything and how he gets his powers. And to me, that, that would be key. The relationship just setting up Billy and, and his sister, hopefully they draw inspiration from a lot of the older Shazam uh, material, particularly the stuff from the nineties, which I, I think would, would make for a great movie in the vein of like a Harry Potter S fantasy superpower drama. Any final thoughts, Mel? I think everyone should be watching The Gifted. If you haven't watched it, please catch up. It's amazing. And there's a tease for next week's Top 5 podcast. (laughs) Mo, final thoughts? Black Panther trailer. Oh! That is my bad. That was amazing. Like, amazing. All I need to say. If you haven't I, seen it, go watch it. <laughs> I really, I really felt like tweeting after watching that was as good for you as it was for me. <laughs> yeah, I needed a cigarette because. <laughs> on that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find Mel at Melody Eagles on Twitter. I'm at Luke underscore Kerr. And Mo is at Dr. Mo 77 Correct. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so 